Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John JJ Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we continue our conversation on the Q&A with John and Zach, answering your questions that you sent in. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, and Blu-ray XL. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Well, good morning, everybody. It's really cold here today. It's about 30 degrees or probably about 32 degrees now. And the guys are out working. Everyone's going. And I'm inside with my my coffee. So I really can't complain. But I know you got some cold weather up in Dallas. So I can't complain to you. How are you guys, John? You know, our weather is kind of bizarre. It's hot and it's cold and it's windy. Last week, I think we were 80 degrees, 81 degrees for like two or three days. And some days we're at 60. It's just been really bizarre. But it's been by far the warmest and shortest winter we've had and I can't remember how long. And I'm glad you brought up you being cold because I'm sitting here looking at you and those that aren't watching us via video. Zach is like completely bundled up. He looks like an Eskimo right now. <laughs> Beanie, sweater, three shirts underneath, hoodie, and then I think he has a blanket in the back, a heated blanket that he has on his lap or something like that too. So it's Sad thing is I'm inside and I think it's like 74 right. in here. So I'm kind of being a baby. Yeah. But yeah, it's supposed to, I, the weather is crazy here. I think it's going to flip and warm right back up. I just never get used to the massive swings we have here. Yeah, out here, it snowed yesterday. So there was enough to cover the ground. And again, just a little bit. It's not huge amounts of snow. But now what happens is today it's getting to 35. So it's all kind of turning into ice. So it's really kind of a, a mess out there. and. You guys know I freaking hate the cold. So I opened the door and I'm like, oh, hell no. I just kind of close the door, go back in, <laughs> especially when it's that cold. So anyways, it's always fun watching the dogs because it's not that often that it happens. And then they get out there and they're like, like what the heck is this? You know, what, like what, you know? <laughs> so, so I have some dogs that'll go and they'll go out into the yards and the other one will just make it into the back patio and they'll just go in the back patio. I'm like, really? Come on, man. So Anyways, but it's cold out there for sure. Guys, I want to talk about the Western Pool and Spa Show in Long Beach, and that's going to be on the 10th, 11th, and 12th. For more information, you can go to www.westernshow.com. John and I are going to be there. John, you ready for the show? You don't look like you're ready for the show. You ready for the show? Absolutely. Well, I'm absolutely gonna... ready for the show. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a busy couple months, man. We're taking off next week. We have, I think, the Pentair training when we get back, and then we have the the western show so it's going to be pretty action-packed i'm looking forward to to doing something different other than the cleaning pools it'll be kind of fun out there huh we got to figure out what we're going to do because we're just like events or get-togethers or whatever because we got everything planned for the classes the booth all that but we're, are we're we going to go close restaurants out, again? Is that what we're going to do? What, what are we going to do? We will but we're going to be worn out when we were there we were like on high alert when we were at the international show and we were, it was exhausting. I mean, mentally it was just exhausting. And I think we're, maybe, or maybe we'll be, are we going to be considered seasoned vets now that we're doing our second <laughs> show and, and maybe it's going to be no big deal anymore. The, uh, I'm not sure. I John. All I know is 
Can you wear a body cam and I'll just attend the show with you guys? That would be awesome. We'll, we'll vlog it. Is that what it's called? We'll vlog the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Vlogging. John, let's get a, a little necklace. We'll put our phone right here on an, like an Instagram live here. And then people could just talk to Zach That's on our kind of like a police I, I, cam and just kind of, hey, here's Zach. I still want to set it. up a hologram of him. We have to figure out a way to put him there. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I think the closest that we'll get is a cardboard box, John, cut a out. Box. And, and not even professionally done. We'll have to like draw him with a little beard. With crayons. And, and then like crayons and like, there's Zach. Take a picture. You know what, Perfect. John? Let's do it. We're going to do that, John. <laughs> yeah, we are we're going to do that. We're going to grab a cardboard box. <laughs> we're right. going to draw with crayons and we're going to have it at the booth and everybody can take pictures with Zach and send them in. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So anyways, guys, John and I are going to be teaching two classes at the show. One of them is adding values to your business with branding. And then number two, understanding business metrics, financials, and your cost of service. So check out the schedule. Go to their website. You can also go to poolnation.com. We have some links there for the show. You can pull up the schedule of classes. You can attend some classes the other thing is that this year they're going to do $20,000 cash. We have put a little rule in there that whoever wins the $20,000 cash needs to take me and John to Vegas for a quick trip while we're out there. So that's going to be a huge one. So just imagine $20,000 cash and that person coming to our booth, John, going, we leave tomorrow, Friday night, Saturday night after the show, we're going to Vegas Saturday, oh, yeah. Sunday. You guys can come back on Monday. Let's do it. Let's do it. The other thing, guys, that we want to talk about is a peer-to-peer meeting. For those of you that are interested to join our peer-to-peer meeting, go to poolnation.com. There's a link there. You can register. What we do in the peer-to-peer is it is exactly what it's called, a group of peers in the pool industry, and we tackle topics. We tackle any conversation that has to do with your business. We share it with the group, kind of be able to grow your business from a peer-to-peer platform. Again, go to poolnation.com. You can register there. The other thing that we have added onto the website is that you can submit your questions to the podcast. There's a big button that says submit question to the podcast. Click on that. It'll allow you to put the information. Guys, feel free that if you don't want your name mentioned while submitting the question, just let us know in the comments. And what we'll do is we'll take that question and, and answer it. If you want to, then just let us know. We'll be glad to put your name out there asking the question. Go there. You can find that on poolnation.com. You can find it on poolnationpodcast.com as well. Our shout out today, guys, goes to Derek from Oasis Pool Service from New Jersey. He started his business in 2011 as a service company. And John, he's also building pools now. And he is one of the companies that got nominated for Top Pool Builder 2022. Big shout out to you, Derek. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was talking to him yesterday, guys. And he was just super excited the moment that he was like, wait, you guys do what? You guys are on the service side? He's like, are you kidding me? And he was completely excited because he still has guys that do the routes and all the building side of it. So he was super excited. I thought that was very cool. The other thing we want to talk about is obviously what we just talked about, which is the Pool Nation Pool Builder Awards. We partnered with the Western Pool and Spa Show and Hayward Pool Products to bring the first Pool Nation Pool Build and Pool Builders of 2022. So those are going to be held on March 11 at the Western Pool and Spa Show once the floor closes. So all you have to do is at that time, open up your Instagram. We're going to do an Instagram live. So we'll have it there. We'll have the winners and announce the top 25. So check that out. We want to also thank Eric Nielsen with the Western Pool and Spa Show and Hayward Pool Products for partnering with us on those awards. John, are you ready for the training classes? Did you check out all the information that I sent you with regards to the- No, the, I didn't. So you'll check it on the drive up. Is that what you're going to do? Check it on the drive up. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be reviewing his notes yeah. right before class. For sure. Here's the problem, John, is there's no podcast and there's no confidence monitor. So, you know, you're going to you're no. going to have the sheets of paper right in front of you. Well, we're going to have some PowerPoint, right? Or at least a, a, a board we can write shit down on. No, why do we need that? Like, <laughs> no. we can totally wing this. No, no? we're going well, to have a board and we're just going to write down some bullet points, stuff that we want to talk about. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions. So we're going to go over, you know, down. we're going to go over the basics. Talk about how to build a foundation and do stuff like that. The things that everybody needs to understand, especially getting into it or people have been into it or been in the business, just haven't really approached branding or marketing. 
And then we're going to open it up to questions because I think that's where people are going to get the most value because we're going to be able to give them guidance or at least give them some knowledge that'll help them on in their particular you know issue that they're currently having or things that they want to fix. So I think it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great to see everybody. I'm really looking forward to it. So if you guys can join and be there, uh, I think you guys are going to probably get a lot out of it. And yeah, man, I'm super stoked. I really am. Nobody likes to go to a damn classroom and it just be some, oh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Okay. This is, this is that, you know, you know, let's, we're going to be real. We're going to open it up for questions. We're going to talk about real life situations, something that's tangible. You can take back with you immediately or the goal is as soon as you leave that class, you're on the phone with whoever is doing whatever and you're implementing shit immediately so that you can start making an impact and growing. So we'll see how it goes. My question is, my question is, when are you going to be that teacher that walks around with the handful of candy and throws it at people? You ever been in one of those classes? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll be Jolly throwing ranchers. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll get a bunch of peppermints or gummy bears and I'll chuck them <laughs> at people. Gobstoppers. <laughs> so this is a class where they actually like throw it to peg them with it or just kind of like they answer the right question so they throw them a candy? No. Both. Well, probably a little bit of both. I'll throw it to peg them with it. You throw them when they – for boys and girls. <laughs> John, I just think we emptied up the whole class. Whoever was thinking of going is like, we're out. Wow. Wear your helmet. Ne- right. Wear next your year, helmet. we're going to be like, next year, we're going to be like, hey, Western show. They're going to be like, yeah, we're going to pass, guys. Thanks for everything that you guys do. But just kind of, here yeah, is your, um, here's, uh, what is that called, John, when they give you, when you're a stalker and they give you that police paperwork that you can't come within 100 feet? What is it? Why are you asking me? We got the night stalker down there <laughs> right below us. <laughs> A restraining order? Is that what you're talking about? A restraining about? order. Why the hell are you asking me? <laughs> Zach does look like the Night Stalker in that like picture. Oh, that's scary, Zach. <laughs> oh. Anyways, guys, so we're going to do our first class on the 10th at 3 p.m. Come and join us. Check out the schedule. We can kind of go through it here online, but you can check it out. Go to poolwesternshow.com. Uh, you can get it from there. The last podcast, we had some questions that were sent to us. And today, what I want to do is I want to continue that conversation and answer those pool pro questions. So last week, the last question that we dove into was how much to pay or how to calculate a wage. And then the second part of that question was, should I set up wage levels or wage categories? And I know we kind of answered that a little bit on the last one. So we didn't do too much of a deep dive into that. This is somebody that's starting new. They're getting ready to hire their first person. Would you at that point suggest for them to create those wage levels or no, at this stage, he sh- should he pass? You know, kind of going off last week, in the beginning, I th- and I think John talked about it is, I think no. I think that it can, because I tried to do that. I tried to go that route. I tried to create more ways to incentivize people to want to level up and put the carrot out there. You can go here, here's these different levels. I think in the beginning, you don't want to kind of muddy the water, if that makes sense. John, what about you? All right. So can you repeat the question? Because I wasn't paying attention. What world? I, I had a text message I got in. on, and I was just—I was like hoping Zach takes this, knocks us out the park, and you know what I mean. <laughs> Nobody asked me anything. <laughs> no, I bombed it, and then I tossed it okay, over to you. So, wow. repeat the question, please, sir. In the war of 1947 <laughs> right? between Asia Pacific and the Northern region. Right. <laughs> but John knows that. <laughs> I know he knows. That. John, you should have just made up an answer right off the right. bat. Jumped in and answered right, just- it. <laughs> So the question, John, and we answered it last time. So I just want to do something a little brief as a recap. And that was that he's starting a company. He's thinking of hiring the first person. So, you know, we talked last time about how to calculate the wage, but really kind of doing a recap of last week is should he set up wage levels or categories for his business? Wow, that's a tough question, right? Well, I think eventually, I think every company should have that or some form, some structure, because having structure, it's a vision, it's a plan, it's a path for any new hire. 
um, or anybody that joins your, your team so they know what the journey looks like and what they need to accomplish to get there. When you're first hiring your first person, it's not quite as, it's much more complex than that, right? You can't really have this huge, beautiful, enormous pathway for any employee that comes in and you can set up these wage schedules or different positions that pay different wages that earn bonuses, commissions or whatever. That's a little tough. I think any company that is serious about growing and obtaining multiple employees and most importantly, retaining them, right? Because what's the point of hiring somebody if you're not going to keep them? It's you waste a lot of money doing that. And the killer to, to the majority of businesses is turnover not being able to hire and retain great help. I'll put it like this. If you hire somebody, and I'm just throwing out figures out here, you hire somebody as a, your company and you bring somebody on at $15 an hour. The going wage was 16 or going wage might be, the market value might be $17 or $15.50 or whatever. You bring that person in at $15 an hour below what market, and you haven't done that research, you don't have that growth or that career path and you end up losing them in six months, right? Or five months, that five months worth of wasted training, having to retrain new uniforms, go through the whole hiring process all over again, would have probably cost you an equivalent to $4 more an hour, if you think of it. So if you would have paid them maybe $17 or $18 an hour, you still would have been off in a better position because now you got to retain or keep that employee. And again, I'm just throwing out numbers out there. I'm just telling you that turnover is a lot more expensive than you think. And it's really detrimental to a business if you don't control it because it's a hidden cost. It's not so black and white. You can't pull up a P&L and you can't see that Marco or Susie cost me $1,800 because of turnover, because I had to hire a new employee. So all I can say is it's very important when you bring somebody in. And on the flip side, let me also say this too. You don't want to shoot your wad at the beginning either. Okay. You don't want to just throw money at somebody and max out the potential, especially if you're just starting, because people need to see progression and, and growth. And you can't expect somebody to make the most they can possibly make within your company at the very start, right? They have to earn that just like with everything, just like when you started your business, you have to earn your clientele. You have to earn that extra revenue. You have to earn that extra profit. And it's based off of doing good business, right? Great customer service. Those are the types of things you need to come up with some incentives for your people. So if you bring them in at whatever $15 an hour, you can set them up and say, hey, look, here, we do an annual review every single year. But for your first hire, I think it's a good practice to say, after, th- after 90 days, we're going to do a review because we're hiring you on as temporary or we're hiring you on whatever. And after three months, if this is worked out based on whatever your metrics are and, and how well they're doing, we make the decision, then we can offer you a full-time position or whatever position, and then it will come with X amount of money. And then you're able to get them at the $15 and then be able to bring them on now. Okay, you're going to be at $16. And then every year we're going to base your performance off of review, your personal performance review, and then based off of cost of living increases, blah, 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 blah. And then from there, hopefully at that point, as you grow, and I'm sorry for the long answer here. When you hire that first employee, the the toughest employee, it's usually a lot easier to bring on more employees. You get into that growth cycle because when you're a one polar to make that sacrifice to add on a new employees, it's tough, right? But if you survive that and you get through it and you can financially make it, your goal is, and you're in instant, we need new client mode and get more and more clients. And eventually what ends up happening is just snowballs. And then you build up enough clients and then you bring on another employee. And then now you build up more clients, you bring on another employee. And then once you do that and you start creating an army and you have two, three, four, five different employees, then you're able to now look at a maybe a pay structure when it comes down to different positions because you'll probably need somebody to oversee your technicians or maybe now create just a repair side of it. And then from there, base the pays according to market value. You're making fun of me right now, aren't you? Why are you making fun of me? Are you laughing at me? No, no. So look look at your screen. So I didn't want to say anything, but look at your uh, screen. Am I, is it 
only Zach on my screen that he's like 10 times bigger than you and me? Oh, dude, yeah. He's or is it just my screen? He's all, the, he's all the way up. Dude, he, he looks like a monster. <laughs> he's like a monster. I, I, did, I, I took today. a picture and sent it to him because his, his head is his head takes the whole screen to where you and I, John, in our picture is like you can see a lot of background. Our heads are a little bit smaller. You can see probably from like our chest up and Zach is like all – all you could see, first of all, Zach, your head is cut off from the video, so we can't see your full head. But then all we could see is like this big, huge face there and then the there. beard. <laughs> there you go, fade back. There you go. The problem is if I put on, I can't see. So if I put on my glasses, all you get is a massive glare. So I'm like trying to read. That's really what I'm doing. I'm trying to look at my notes. So, see you guys. Um, I'll give you a little secret of something that you could do. There's a little magnifying thing at the back and you can make the text a lot bigger so you don't have to squint your eyes. So just FYI. We still, we got to get you that camera. My camera. I got to tell you which camera it is. So, yes, please. So yes, you can please. get it. I want to tag on yeah, that because I think that's Everything you said is just perfect. And the hard part about answering that question is that it's such a multi-layered question because we tend to get focused on wage when we're making that first hire, those first hires. And it's like money, you, it has to be in combination, right? And the only way I can think of it is if you buy a flower and you said it, you know, annual review, 90-day review. When we first start, we're so busy. We're chasing those sales and we just, we get someone out there and they're doing great. We forget about it. And we're like, good, you're doing great. I'm going to go over here and get accounts, but you have to water the flower. You don't just buy a flower, put it in a window and it's thriving and doing awesome and forget about it. You have to constantly be having those touch points and those engagements. And, and I think that's super important because even if you get the wage right and you bring them on and they go you may get that turnover just because you weren't engaging them and praising them or coaching them and disciplining them. So it's such a tough question. I really struggled with that one. No, it is. I do love that he is thinking a couple steps ahead. That's one of the things that we talk about all the time is make sure that, yeah, you're kind of within your moment, but keep thinking of where you're going to grow. So the questions that he sent were great because a lot of them were about that growth down the road. Look... <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say it because I can't keep myself from not saying it. <laughs> you were talking, maybe your touch sessions are, are, are what's causing the turnover. Touch points. Oh, touch points. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, John. Get it right. Touch points. It's touch points. Touch, okay. Perfect. John just heard touch something. That's all John heard. Wait, oh, what are we touching? Touch session. I imagine if I was an employee, you called me in and said, hey, you ready for a touch session? I'm like, whoa, bro. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, man. Oh. Freaking John. Love it. All right. Next question. How I'm do sure I that's going to get edited out. So you live oh. people that are, that are listening oh, no, got to hear it. but We're keeping that part in. So you'd be surprised. There's a lot of stuff. I'm like, hell, oh, he'll edit that yeah. out. And then I listen back and it's still there. Here's what happens <laughs> is I will sit there and I'll edit and then I'll be like, oh man, I should take that out. But as I find myself laughing really hard through the process, I'm like, I hope other people find us as funny as we are. I'm leaving it in because that's funny. <laughs> and here's the other challenge, guys, is it's live. So it's really hard to cut parts out because then you cut that part out. And then when you listen to it, you're like, wait, there was a complete shift in the conversation and that makes no sense. So the beauty of the live is that most of it has to stay. So, all right, guys, next question. How do I set up the right record keeping system for my business? What do you guys think for the record keeping? I mean, I guess it's just really going to be a combination of things. And you're going to learn as time goes on what you need to keep record of and what you need to have. But I guess, like technically, you're going to want some sort of filing system, filing cabinet, and come up with some sort of way to organize these things. And I'm kind of overboard. I was always the person that kept everything. I think I spent the last six months just like cleaning out and kind of leaning out, if that makes sense. But you want to make sure that you're doing a lot of research asking a lot of questions to other people that maybe are mentors or business owners that you know what they're keeping records on. And if you get into hiring people, you want to make sure that you have some sort of HR advisor, whether that's through something like ADP or an employment attorney or 
an HR professional that you're able to really find what it is that you need to be tracking and organizing. And there's a lot of things out there when you do research, it's never fun to have to dig. But I mean, the FLSA and things like that, especially when it comes to employment, they put out there pretty clearly what it is you need to keep. Now, as far as like customers and things like that, I would find some sort of good management software or field management software that you can track input customer profiles, track jobs, things like that. In the beginning, we used paper and handwritten and, you know, half the time when I'd go to clean the van out, I would find half the jobs in the seat or on the floor under the floor mat. So I would recommend not doing it that way, but just try to be as organized as you can be. And I think on this one, it's important to understand what records you need to keep legal and which ones you don't. So I think that's going to be a a big, huge process of it. And don't go into the mindset that you have to keep every piece of paper and that you have to kind of create this filing cabinet and keep every single little piece of information. What you want to do is find out for your state, for your city, what records you're legally required to keep and then for how long. Because there's certain information that you're required to keep for one year, three years, seven years. So what you want to do is figure out what those legally are. Fine. Now you know you need to keep those. You keep and set up that record system and then know when those expire, you're able to go ahead and get rid of those and trash them and keep that process small. Like Zach was saying, try to make sure that you can have a system that's going to allow you to track things and then it's all kind of computerized. You don't have to create all that paper trail because that could be a big nightmare to your business if you're trying to keep everything in paper. Because a lot of times there's a lot of information that you think, oh, I need to keep this information. And you literally never go back and check on that information or you don't need it. So take a look at those and make sure that you're set up legally and then keep it simple. Have software that keeps everything you know, online so that you're not having to create that paper trail. John, any thoughts? I mean, again, it's one of those questions where it kind of varies from where you're located, what needs to be kept and what shouldn't be kept. My whole take on everything is, especially with any kind of information, whether it's for pertains to your business or employees or anything you need to keep legally and stuff, information's king, right? And I think the more you can retain, the better, but you need to be organized doing it and you need to get into a habit of doing it at the very beginning. Otherwise, shit starts to just pile up and you just kind of get behind and it's just like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm panicking at the end of the year. And then it's very stressful. Yeah. And then it's really stressful. And this day and age, it's real easy. You don't need to keep file. We have a file cabinet and we have a bunch of stuff and that's how we do it. But what we're moving on to is there's apps. You snap a picture of it, turn it into a PDF, put into a friggin' file and then just have it. And then if you organize it correctly, especially when it comes down to employees or customers or leads or receipts or anything. Information can tell you a lot. If you're bored one day and you want to dig down into your business, research stuff that goes wrong or or why certain things happen. If you have the information and you, you have it available to you, I guarantee you'll start to see trend. You'll see some sort of trend in something. And when you have trend, then you understand why things are happening and you'll understand the future and how to prevent either mistakes or how to replicate things that are working out for you. But if you don't have that information, then you're really, it's like starting over again. You need to retain everything you possibly can without it becoming a headache, if that makes sense. So get with your CPA, your tax advisor, whoever does your bookkeeping, get with the state, figure out what you need to keep legally. And that's the bare minimum. And I suggest on top of that, you keep additional information, but just make yourself, make it easy on yourself. Get an app, snap that picture, turns into a PDF, send it into like, we have an iCloud folder and we have our business and I have tons of shit that's on there. And if I want some, or I need some, I save it or whatever. And I just send it to where I need it. And I always have that information there. I suggest uh, you try doing that. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's take a word from our sponsors. When we come back, gentlemen, we'll continue. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. 
We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Zach. We're talking to John. We are doing a Q&A and answering your questions. So, gentlemen, welcome back. Next question. And this is from a marketing perspective, what are the ones that I should focus on and what should be the platforms that I focus on? I want to be able to grow and pick up more pools, especially when I bring on that first person. So what would be those platforms that you would recommend for them to start with, Zach? So I've always been a big believer that the very first thing you should do is really to put together a good website and Make sure there aren't any grammar errors. Make sure you write a lot of content, explain your services, make a nice about us page, put your rates up there and explain what's involved in every service. Don't just put maintenance and then a bulleted list of brush, net, vacuum. Put pictures of your experiences in the field. Make a nice, we're a family owned business and here's a picture of me and my wife in the office or whatever. Just make it that personal touch and I think that's the first platform to start with. I think people immediately jump to the social platforms, but you need a good foundation or a good home base. And one thing that I know is kind of the fake it till you make it type thing, but I see a lot of websites where I know it's one person or two person and they try to make it like this big company with 500 employees and kind of create that image which honestly kind of, I think, takes away from that personal touch that I think a lot of consumers are looking for. And then once you have that set up, then start putting together your other platforms and just kind of know what's trending right now and know what your audience is. I feel like Instagram and maybe other people have had better experiences. I don't feel like that's a very B2C type platform. I feel like it's a very B2B platform. So we don't really spend a lot of time on Instagram, we spend more time on Facebook with like targeted marketing ads. I agree 100%, especially with Instagram. It's more of a B2B, at least with our industry. You know, for others, it might be different, but for us, it's it really that B2B, B2B. So be very careful with that, that you're spending a lot of time using that platform, trying to gain customers because it might not be that right fit. But I'm going to agree with you 100%. And that is that you really need to start with the website and start with that foundation. John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll tag on and I'll elaborate a little bit on what I think 
website is 100% key. I don't care if you're not tech savvy. I don't care whatever. You can hire somebody for real dirt cheap if you don't want to do it yourself to put up a website, but you need to have a web presence. This day and age, it is almost considered mandatory. Everybody from your grandma to your kid all get online now. And just sit back and think of yourself as a personal experience when you need to call up somebody to contract some work or to do some work at your house. Chances are, before you call up that company, you're searching online for them. And if they don't have a website or their website shit, or like Zach was saying, they don't put the at least some attention to detail or, you know, the grammar is all screwed up or it just was unprofessional, then it sends a, just gives an image of that company and you're probably going to pass them up. So you need to have a website. It doesn't need to be elaborate and beautiful, but it just needs to be clean and professional and to the point. As far as social, if you're, and I know the question is more, how do I focus on growing more people? Just having a website up there isn't going to get a bunch of phone calls. Trust me, it's not. Your website, especially if you just put it up, you're not going to get traffic to it. You need to drive traffic to your website. And the only way you can drive traffic to your website is through like SEO. And you have to get into like the nitty gritty of that kind of stuff to how to be able to, you know, keywords like that, which could be not as easy. You can hire people to do that. But again, that's, that, that's a much slower path to getting new clients if you're looking to just drive them from your website. So in order to pick up business quickly, you know, do the simple Yelp. You know, we talked about it on the live, create an account with the Yelp your Google page or your Google review or Google My Business listing. Use services, like I said, Yelp. You can use like there's Thumbtack. There's what others? There's like Angie's List, right? Any one of those uh, next door, all those types of platforms, people go and look for people that offer services. And for the most part, the majority of them are all free. Yes, they offer where you can pay to advertise through them, but I promise you, you don't need to. Just by creating a Yelp page and putting your name out there and being responsive, right? Uploading pictures, responding to messages will get you up higher on that algorithm and people will start calling you. We don't spend a penny on Yelp, yet we get, I have two Yelp calls that we're going to today, two new quotes that we have to do. I don't spend a penny on Yelp. And we tend to get maybe four or five every week that we go out to. And that's without us putting any effort whatsoever into it. So if I know companies or I know business owners that when you do put money into it, you can get a boatload of leads from it for really cheap. They have programs where you can take advantage of like the $400 of free advertising with them. Do it. Use it. Utilize it. And I promise you'll get leads and you'll be able to go out there and then capitalize and then be able to close your fine tune what you need and then kind of go from there. But I'm not too fond of like flyers. I know people like to do flyers if it's more direct. I think mailers marketing is more for if you want to really get into specifics, like a certain area where you want to service, you can attack a certain area, but your ROI isn't quite as good with it. And you, you don't close as many leads, at least from my experience or from experiences that I've heard from other people, but just a simple, you know, do the Yelp, do the Google. Yeah. The other thing with those, John, especially with the mailers and stuff like that, is it'll take three or four impressions before it now starts to record with that person. So if that's a strategy that you could take, that you want to take, and that's okay, you could t definitely do that. But have in mind that it's going to take about three times for that message that you're sending to be able to kind of start to click and that person remember it. So if you send off whatever, 1,000, 500, 110, whatever, realize that that first impression is probably not going to be as fruitful as one where you continue to address it month over month and kind of start to create that recognition. And then the last thing, and this is, again, this is the low-hanging fruit, the little stuff, and we've talked about it a lot, but I think it gets forgotten and the importance of it. I guess we don't take it as seriously sometimes because we don't see the immediate turnaround for it, but like wrapping your truck or putting your logo on your truck, getting the logo on your shirts, there's nowhere in this valley that we go where we don't, we have our own personal vehicle, but we drive in our trucks constantly and everybody sees us everywhere in our trucks. I have a whole closet, my own separate closet full of clothes. And the only shirt I wear anywhere is my shirt, my company shirt. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm always doing that. Same thing with mama. It's constantly, we're always out there and it's advertising that way. 
You can do simple stuff like, hey, you know, you know people or you go your favorite place to eat, you know, and you make friends with people there or whatever. Throw a stack of business cards. Go, hey, if you guys ever need anything with pools, just let us know. We'll be happy to help you. I guarantee you if you have a good relationship with them and they're there and they talk to other regulars or come around, some around, oh, hey, I know somebody who's a pool service, da, 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 here's their business card, and they'll take care of you. We know them. And then word of mouth or talk to your clients when you're there. People do this. I don't know what the right term for it is, but you know, you service one and then you go and knock on doors or drop your business card to five neighbors around your, you know, that area that you're at. Uh, I know where guys do that and they've been successful with that. Eventually you'll start getting leads and you'll start getting people calling and noticing you. But those things take a little bit of time. But those leads that you end up getting from advertising that way end up being really hot leads and, and ones that turn turn the pan out really well. The important thing that to remember about marketing is you kind of can't do something for just one month and have the expectation that's going to explode. Marketing is something that has to be part of your business strategy. You have to you know focus on it and attack it every single month all the time. Answer your phone. How about that? Don't forget that. Next question. How far should I set up my route? I want it to be a tight route. Now, here's an intro, and that one's interesting because he's bringing somebody on, but he wants to have a tight route. So what would be your guys' recommendation on how to set up that route? It's tough. I mean, it's going to depend on your market, really, because different market are going to have different population density and all of that. I mean, keep it as tight as possible. But in the beginning, I feel like it's going to be hard to say no to jobs that are a little too far because you're really going to need that work and that money coming in. And in some cases, it may be necessary to take some of those jobs, but you want to make sure that you're not taking these jobs at a loss. You want to make sure you're not spending more driving around and wear and tear on your vehicle and gas and all that. And then you get a call back and it just eats into everything. And when we started our maintenance route in 2018, and it was a little bit different for us because we already had, you know, by then eight years of establishment and we were doing repairs and installation, but we said we were only going to market to two zip codes, two neighboring zip codes, the one we're in and one of the neighboring areas. And that was it, no exception. And it wasn't until about two years later that we actually opened up to a couple more neighboring zip codes. And you know, in the city, like within a 10 mile radius, you have all these different zip codes. But now because of that, because we stuck to the plan, we have over 250 accounts within about seven mile radius. And could we add more accounts faster? Absolutely. But we're sticking to the plan of just slowly kind of expanding that radius. That's insane. So your furthest pool is seven miles out. That's it, period. I think we have one that we picked up that's like 7.4 something miles. Like, uh, you know, what do they say as the crow flies right. or whatever? I mean, it's probably a lot longer when you drive up there, but yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. For real. What about you, John? From when you started to obviously now having this a uh, lot tighter route, what would be your advice to them? I mean, look, I still don't think I have a tight route, to be honest. I'm all over the place. I mean, I'm everywhere. But I managed my days so that my route for that day is tight as it can be. But we're, we, I have homes that are 20 miles east, 20 miles west, you know, 10 miles south. So they're everywhere. I'm not, I'm not, in, that, I'm not in that sweet spot that Zach has. I wish I was. But it's slowly but surely getting there. I think as you grow, and Zach hit it, when you first start, you got to give a little to get some. It can't be all perfect at the beginning. And in a perfect world, if you just sit there and say, "Hey, I'm only going to do this, do that," you're going to pass out on a lot. You're going to pass up on a lot of business that you should have had, a lot of experience that you should have obtained, and you're going to slow it. You're going to grow at a much slower rate, and it might be devastating to your business and it might not last. It might not be your gig after a year because you've only picked up two pools and how you're going to support and feed your family. It just doesn't work that way. This has always been the question when it comes down to, you know, do you drop a pool or not because of how far they are or not? You know, we have one of the criteria, we talk about our top 10, bottom 10, one of the criteria 
on whether or not a pool is a top pool or a bottom pool is how far they are, right? Or if they're kind of out of our area. And that plays a big factor. Believe it or not, it's really like the third thing on there. So first it's price. And then we talk about the, the relationship and the type of backyard and how long it takes for us to work there. And then the third one is the distance. And the reason why they're really the top three is because they all really obtain to money because you can charge, let's say, $200 for one pool and it's two blocks away, or you can charge $250 or $300 for one pool and that one takes you 30 miles of driving. So you add not only 30 miles of driving, now you got to put in the cost of what gas is, right? The time that it takes for you to drive there, how many more pools you're able to do within that time frame. If you can do two more pools at $200 at the time it takes you to drive there and drive back, then that $300 pool really isn't that profitable. It's not, doesn't really make that much sense, right? You'd rather have more $200 pools and you could probably have a $150 pool and still make more money. Because you'll have that $200 pool, you have that $150 pool, and maybe another $200 pool. So now you're at $550 for the cost of just doing that one $300 pool because you have to drive all the way there back and forth. So a lot to take into consideration when it comes into that. But those are problems that you're going to have to worry about more when you grow, when you get bigger. My suggestion is this. I believe a tight route comes naturally over time. It only happens if you're really good at your job or you do a really good job. And and why I say that is when you service an account and you exceed expectations and you're a great service provider for somebody, trust me, your neighbors will talk to your neighbors and they will tell you how great you are. And that word of mouth is probably the biggest and most powerful tool you have. And the only time they're going to rant and rave about you is when you do a great job, right? Or they love you as an individual or your company and they trust you and you just do an awesome job and you've taken care of them. They're going to say, hey, I have the best pool guy. Oh, you need a new pool guy. Here's John. Here's Janie. Here's J&J Flawless Pool. They'll help you. That's how you start creating tight routes in neighborhoods. Because if you're just doing the average or you're just subpar, you're just okay, Nobody's going to rant and rave about you, and you're not going to get that type of advertising. You're not going to get that opportunity. So my suggestion, long story short, is get what you can as long as it makes sense and you make a profit from it, but focus more on how well of a job you do for them and those clients closer to those clients. Because look, hey, you might have to drive out 20 minutes to a certain area, and this is how it started with us. I might drive out 25, 30 minutes on one of my accounts on a certain day, so Thursdays, I got to drive out far. And it started that way. And then I kind of picked up a little bit, but you can build a route around that route. So now it's not that, it's not bad, right? It's not all of a sudden that outlier. Now, instead of having one or two homes, you have 15, 16 homes that you can do in one day there. And it's just a tight route. You just get up, drive, go over there. And now you have all your pools that are taken care of over there. So you can have your little clusters in different areas. And then you can create a tight route in multiple ways, not necessarily close to your home isn't always a tight route. There can be a tight route down the road. So it just takes time. Patience, young grasshopper. That's how mine used to be, John. At the beginning, it was, I, I would have my cluster. So I would service, you know, maybe different cities, but then, you know, Thursday, it was all this area. That's all I'm going to service. And then when I started picking up pools, it would all be based around my clusters. So unless that pool was within that cluster, I didn't pick it up. So, you know, maybe I had a a route on Thursday where, you know, I did Santa Ana and from that, all of a sudden a pool would come up and it was an extra five or six miles further away from that cluster. I wouldn't pick that up. It had to make sense within my clusters of pools in order for me to be able to do them. And then also it tied into the service day of the week. So I could have a pool that called from a cluster and I service that area on Wednesday and they're like, I need Friday. I'm like, I can only service your pool on Wednesday. And it falls within my route on that Wednesday. If you don't want that Wednesday service, unfortunately, I can't take it because I can't come from another city and drive 15, 20 minutes just to come on a Friday to service this pool when I got three pools right next door on Wednesday. So there's a couple of different ways to be able to build that route, obviously have them really tight. I had a buddy of mine that did 80, 90 pools all within like four or five mile radius, which was absolutely insane. 
but he was able to do a lot more pools because obviously that route is so much tighter. Mine was a little different because it was in those clusters and that's kind of how I had my pools. And with my guys, this is the area that's you service. That's where you build it and go. What you have to be careful with is that you don't have a pool in that cluster and then you're driving an extra 20 minutes out just because it's closer to that cluster, but it's still a 20 minute drive because then you're going to kill your day because all of a sudden you have a repair that you got to do and you're in that cluster. Now you got to drive that 20 minutes, you got to drive back and then all of a sudden you got to find the closest pool store and then you got, and so your day is just shot. So just at least look at those two different aspects from that standpoint. And then the last thing I want to, this is what you'll grow to learn is that the more you charge for your service, the more spread out your service is going to be because the cheaper you are, the easier it's going to be able to get a, you know, a six pack in, in one neighborhood or 10 people quickly or 90 pools in a certain area real quick because you're, you know, it's a race to the bottom as far as price and, and there are more people looking for the cheaper pool service company. And if you want to provide that, then you'll have more opportunities to obtain clients. But if you charge more of a premium and you're charging, your rates are higher, not necessarily that it's just that some people can't afford those rates or some people just haven't realized that they understand how important that pool is or that they want that type of service. So they're not willing to pay it. So you kind of, you have to kind of venture off a little bit and to find them you know, expand that map a little bit so that you can create those clients. So it, there's just so much involved in that question. It's really hard to pin it down, but it is definitely obtainable and possible. And that is the ultimate goal is to be done. Every time I drive by pool guys in there at 11 o'clock, oh, I'm done. You know what I mean? 11 o'clock, you know what I mean? You know, we did 40 pools. I'm done by 11. I'm like, holy shit, man. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And, and and some guys say, yeah, I got this whole neighborhood. I got like 40 pools, you know what I mean? And we're literally right there. And I get it on Wednesdays. This is like our quickest. We have the most pools on Wednesday, but it's all within an area. We have like a cove, like La Quinta Cove is what it is. And instead of us doing our usual like 15 pools a day, we do like 18, 19 pools, but they're literally next. And when you cut off five, 10 minutes worth of drive time, for each right? one. In between yeah. spots. Yeah. You can do a yeah, lot of pools. And I get it. <laughs> you know, and in a perfect world, if, you know, if we can get all the pools over there and eventually, hopefully we do, then yeah, you can. It, that's not, that's never going to happen, John. I know. You're never, you're never going to get all the pools. And that, what, what is it called? What is La it Quinta called? Cove. That has a fancy, La Quinta Cove. That's a good name. La yeah. Quinta Cove. But I can tell you this, that's never going to happen, John. Cause I know, cause I'm come June, you're out here. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you're kind of, you know, you're out. So yeah. one of the first things that we're going to have to do is do a road trip and go see Zach down there in, in Houston. Absolutely. So we'll have to pack it up and drive down there. So, all right, gentlemen, last question. Do I need a business plan? You always hear people say that in order to be successful, you need a business plan. If I need one, what stage should I be using it in? kind of a little bit of a loaded question, but look, yeah, you want me to go, go ahead, or you want to go, Zach? Yeah. I'll go. Absolutely. You need a business plan. Look, a bi- just think of a business plan as a map. It's direction. It's giving you direction to get to your place. You can say, hey, look, I want to drive to LA or I want to drive to Texas. And I'm sure I can jump in the car and I can figure out, hey, I got to go east and I'll eventually get to Texas because that's the goal or I want to get there. But there are so many different paths and ways for us in order to get to Texas. And there is always the shortest path or the best way to get there. And unless you have visibility or unless you have some form of direction, you are going to be spinning your wheels and wasting your time and your effort in areas that aren't going to be fruitful for you, that isn't going to get to the outcome you're looking for, and is going to be frustrating. So a business plan is just simply, it's just direction. It's guidance to wherever you want your end game or whatever your goal might be. So I suggest you come up with a business plan from day one. You need one because you need visibility. You need to keep your eye on the prize. And that is the only way you're going to be able to do it instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Okay, great. You're going to be a millionaire. But how in the hell are you going to become a millionaire? What do you need to do to become a millionaire? What are the steps you need to take? And now we need to tackle that, try it, see if it works. If it works, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. If it doesn't, scratch it, create a new plan, go there. If you hit a dead end, okay, move somewhere else. 
So yeah, plain and simple doesn't matter how simple it is or how complex that business plan is. You need to have one. And that business plan is absolutely crucial for you to become successful. And it doesn't mean you won't be successful if you don't have one. Okay. But I guarantee you, it'll be a lot harder to become successful or to get to or obtain your goals without one, because you are going to be spinning your wheels and wasting your time and other people's time because you just won't have the direction that you need in order to get there. Just like you said, John, it's easier to pull up Google Maps and follow the directions and get there faster than to just wing it as you go along and stop along the way to ask for directions and take the different roads. And I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that small business owners make is that they kind of jump into it and they just try to go with the flow and figure it out as they go along. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's parts of your business that you have to take that cowboy approach and kind of shoot your way through it. But you also need to take some time, stop, have that vision, have that plan. And the same thing, John, I'm not talking about this 500 page, 20 year plan that describes every single step, but you need to have at least a footprint. You at least need to have a couple of goals that you set every year that's going to launch that business to get there. Because if you follow that, just like following the Google Maps, it's going to get you there quicker. And I think this is one of those where it gets very confusing because you can do some research on the internet and you find these big, huge business plans and you kind of start looking at them and you're like, how do I create one for my business? And yeah, we could talk about it later, but you could talk about vision and you could talk about statements and you could talk about all these things that just kind of muddy the water all along the way. A business plan can be something simple that you put together and that gives you that roadmap. Yeah, it's real simple. You just, you're, you're literally putting on paper what you want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it. That's my what- goal. My first goal, Zach, was we do the Pool Nation podcast how do we get John to move to Texas? And that was goal one. And I put my goals in place. He didn't know it, Zach. And we put the goals, Zach and I put the goals in place and all that and all the social media take posts. Him and to boom, a, we got you to move to Texas. Take him to <laughs> Bucky's. Perfect. <laughs> take that, him that, to that all the it. good food, step two, when we came right. out. So Show so, him right. a good time. You know, so it, it was all in our steps, John, and we kind of did all the steps. Uh, you got me. And then boom, see? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Zach. I want to add, because I have total agreement. And the question as far as like, at what stage should I be using it? I mean, you should be using it from the very beginning. Like you, whether you're not, you know, you're building the plan in your head, start to put it down on paper. I heard an interesting statistic, and I believe the person that showed it to me said it was from an Inc.com article. And it says you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. So just by simply putting them on paper, there's statistically proven to be 42% more successful. 42%. That's well, huge. Yeah, it creates it's, accountability. You know, yep. it, it creates accountability. You throw it down on paper. It's like, okay, the, I threw the gauntlet down. This is it. I'm drawing the line. This is what we're doing. And what's more important is this. You write it down on a piece of paper and then now you share it with somebody and then see what your percentage of achieving that goal now increases to. Because now you got, oh, it's easy for us to just go, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, eh, you can make excuses for yourself, especially if nobody knows. But when you throw that out to people, to your friends, to your family members, to your wife, to your kids, it's like making a promise and not keeping it. And most people want to keep their word. And they want to follow through and be the person they committed to or be the person they say they are. So when you throw it out there and say, I'm going to do this, right? Now you create almost like a competition and you create like, oh shit, I have to get this done. Not just for me, but for them, for this or whatever. And doing simple things like that actually make it happen. Like for me, I can tell myself a million things inside. When I want to make a promise to my wife, I'm okay, that's different. If I vocalize and I say it to her, I promise you, I give you my word, then it's going to happen. And I do it to myself because I want to make sure that I do it because, okay, because I'm not going to put myself in that position and not follow through. So as you said that, John, I jumped on here and did a little search on statistics. And it says that a business plan doubles your chances for success, doubles your chance. They did a breakdown and they had 3,000 people do a survey. Out of those 
a thousand had completed a plan and 36% of them had secured a loan, 36% of them had secured investment capital, 64% of them had grown their business. Now they had 1,500 people that had not completed their plan. Only 18% of them secured a loan. Only 18% of them secured their investment capital. And only 40% of them grew their business. I mean, look, if you go to get a loan, do they even consider you if you don't have a business plan? You go to get some business capital, you go to a, to a bank, the first thing they want is they want to see the business plan. They want to see your financials and they want to see the business plan. Don't get me started on this one. Okay, I won't. We're going to go back to the same thing, guys. This We're not talking about building this big, huge master book of what your business plan is, but you need to have a nice roadmap of what it is that you need to do and what your company needs to do or where you want to grow because then you will be a lot more successful. Zach, did you have anything else before? I, I, I know I jumped in, so I just wanted to make sure. No. Okay. Guys, let's do this. Let's take our final words from our sponsors. When we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Zach. We're talking to John. We're doing a deep dive into some questions that were sent into us, talking about business, talking about all that fun stuff that kind of gets us going. So, gentlemen, let me get some final thoughts. Let me see. Should I flip the coin? Who's going to go? Who's going to call heads or tails? Yeah, I'll do heads. it because I got a funny one. All right. I'm not even going to talk right. about the podcast. All right. Shoot. Go. This is great and good stuff. And I, we have more questions. And uh, I'm sorry we didn't get through them all. But I'm sure we're going to probably do another podcast and answer them or answer them in some form or fashion. But these are real important and a lot of good questions. But they're not very black and white. And I hope you guys don't think we're tiptoeing around the answers to this. We're just being as real as possible because there's no exact formula or answer to anything. It all really depends on your current situation and what you're really trying to accomplish. And there's a lot of gray area and that's the beauty and the pain of owning your own business. Like I said, keep asking these types of questions. This is great. I look forward to answering more of them. I think this is where the gold is at. This is the stuff, all the nitty gritty stuff. I agree with you, John. And the beauty of it is specifically one question that I'm going to remember from this podcast is we talk about that tight route. And just between the three of us, there's three totally different situations. 
Zach, all within seven miles. Mine was built more around clusters. Yours is built more around that high dollar value, which is going to equate for you to having to have a different business model. So to me, that was perfect because it gives people that are in different spots, different abilities to kind of go, I'm in John's spot. So this is what's going to make more sense to me. I'm in Edgar's spot. That makes more sense to me, the clusters and all that. I want to be like Zach. So I'm going to, you know, now refocus, start my business, do the two zip codes and then build from there. But I think that's the beauty of the podcast and the beauty of the questions is that, like you said, there's no one black and white answer, but we can at least give them different points of view during their journey. So Zach, final thoughts. I'm going to agree with John. I mean, just keep sending in questions. And what I love about it is it gives the three different perspectives from our different situations, but it helps me learn because I have to work through thinking about how did we build a tight route or what really does make a tight route. And so every time we get one of these questions about business plans or whatever, I have to work through it. And so it, it helps me grow. And I just, I love getting these types of questions. It, it shows that people are starting to really, you know, we talk about the changing of the industry, the transitioning of the mindset to being more like a business rather than just going out and going through the motions of servicing a pool. And I think the evidence is there. I mean, it's just a growing thing and I love it. And I think what's happening, guys, is believe it or not, as we were doing the podcast, it was two questions that were sent in. So I'll have to take a look at those. But a lot of business owners, a lot of pool pros out there, these are the questions that they want to focus on, right? Because there's not a lot of platforms that will talk about them or that will, you know, dive into the things. Everybody just kind of thinks, okay, let's talk water chemistry. Let's talk this. Let's talk that. So I think it's huge for these questions to come in. And I love these podcasts too, because it gets us going all in different directions every time that we have those questions. Anyways, Zach, John, I want to thank you for your time as I usually do. I know that, John, you have a very packed day, so we're going to let you go and we'll see you on our live on Wednesday. Peace. Peace out. Later. Peace out. Have a good weekend. Stay warm. Wait a second. That outro was just weak. You guys are just weak. Come on, man. No, they just sit there. Everybody listening, they're just sitting there like staring at me like, like what? What? Go team, go. Let's One, go. two, three. Pull nation. Pull nation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. We will catch you next week. Everybody have a good one. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.